Wednesday, August 8, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from Denver, Colorado. We are right here in the Mile High City. You know, we are back for another day of talking sports with a dose of common sense. We are doing our best to keep you entertained each and every weekday as we look at the world of sports. Happy Wednesday to you. I hope that your week is going along smoothly. We are now at the halfway point get through today the weekend starts to come into view just a little bit hey if you would like to contact the show we would love to hear from you hit us up on email dailydosports at gmail.com or go find us over on facebook or twitter both of those handles are at daily sports maybe you have some feedback for us maybe you have a suggestion maybe you need some advice maybe you have a subject that you would like us to cover feel free to reach out we would love to hear from you you know today on the show we do have a few things coming out in the world of breaking news that we want to discuss and As we started yesterday, you know, we do have a few things that we want to look at. Within the upcoming football season, there are a couple things out there that could be surprising. This week, we have been taking a look at a few surprising things. You know, yesterday, we discussed a few surprising players that we could see this year. Today, we're going to be looking at a few surprising teams in the world of football that we might want to keep an eye on as the season gets a little bit closer. So did you watch the premiere of HBO's Hard Knocks last night? You know, I was kind of surprised when I turned it on. I watched the first few minutes of the new season that they are going to be having with the Cleveland Browns this year. And I never saw a slow motion sprinkler going. Like, that is the trademark of this show. I kept waiting. When's the sprinkler going to go? Where's the sprinkler? I didn't see a sprinkler the whole show. What happened? Where did the sprinkler go? Can we issue... Like an amber alert for the sprinkler. We always see the slow motion sprinklers. I didn't see any sprinklers last night. I don't know what was going on. Instead, they actually opened up with the city of Cleveland tearing down the LeBron James banner that was up on the building downtown there. And then we saw head coach Hugh Jackson jumping into Lake Erie because he swore that he would do so if the Browns didn't get any better after going 1-15 in his first season. Well, they didn't. They went 0-16 in his second season, and Hugh Jackson is probably still trying to get his skin to stop burning from being in that lake. You know, I was watching the show. I don't know if the Browns are going to be very good this year. I really don't. But I thought this might be an interesting show. I mean, Baker Mayfield's going to be interesting. I think Jarvis Landry is going to be interesting. Rookie Antonio Callaway apparently has already been popped for weed this past Sunday, so that should be fun to see. I don't know, maybe next week. You know, the one thing that did stand out to me about all of it, and we saw Hugh Jackson and some of the difficulties he faced as he's lost some family members just recently. You saw some emotional stuff there. You know, it was an okay start for the first night. But the one thing that stood out to me in the opening night was Hugh Jackson addressing his team. And he stood up and he looked at everyone and he was just asking this question. Hey, everyone's talking about other teams. Everyone's looking at the other teams around this league. Why? not the Cleveland Browns. And I mean, you probably watched that, and I know I watched that. And I sat there and I looked at that screen and I thought to myself, well, mostly because they're not very good. I do love Hard Knocks though. I think this season is actually going to be pretty fun to watch. You know, one other story coming out in the NFL. It looks like the NFL is actually going to see a little history made this year. Has nothing to do with what's going on in the actual games, but the Los Angeles Rams... And the New Orleans Saints, for the very first time, are going to have male cheerleaders dancing on their squads. Yeah. Now, other teams like the Indianapolis Colts and the Baltimore Ravens 
have what they call stuntmen. But the Rams and the Saints will actually have two male cheerleaders that will be dancing alongside their female teammates. And they're actually going to be doing the same moves. Now, can I just say this? And I'm just throwing this out there. Because back when I was coaching, we observed a lot in the cheerleading department. Like we saw the cheerleaders practicing, saw the cheerleaders getting ready. We would see the cheerleaders at the games, before and after the games, during halftimes, whatever. Can I just say this one thing? And I don't want to go too far down the whole rabbit hole of male cheerleaders and female cheerleaders. It's all the same to me. It doesn't really matter. The whole idea of cheerleading just in general, like it's a little bit weird to me. It's a little bit odd. Like in a vacuum, the way we see it, we're like, oh yeah, every game has cheerleaders. We always have cheerleaders. We see cheerleaders all the time. If you go to a professional or collegiate football game, if you go to a professional or collegiate basketball game, you see cheerleaders. Like it is a part of the game that is just kind of melded into our society. We just kind of have that. But if you were to look at it from a distance, like the cheerleading thing is a little bit weird. Like if aliens came to our planet and they came over to the USA and they observed that situation, what do you think they would be reporting back to their home galaxy? Uh, so how did things go down there on Earth? Well, you know, we went to the USA, saw some interesting things. I'll say this, they are some heavy people. Like those people put away some food. Okay, yeah, anything else, you know? Well, you know, they have these contests and they participate like as teams against each other in certain events. Okay, how's that? Well, you know, people come to the games and then they cheer for the group of players that they want to see win the contest. Oh, okay, anything else? Well, of course, they eat there, they drink there. It seems like that's always a part of their events. Okay, well, anything else? Well, they have these small groups of like scantily clad females. Sometimes they have males there too. But they stand on the side of the event and they do these like ritualistic chants and they do these gyrations during the contest. Huh, that's kind of weird. And this is like an adult event. This is adults only at this event for, you know, scantily clad females and doing these kind of gyrations and chants. No, no. No, it's not just adults. In fact, they even do this at the adolescent level. We even saw them do it sometimes at the children's level. They had like little females dressed up in the scantily clad outfits and they were out there doing the gyrations and the chants. It's quite a process. And you know what's weird? Most all of them do the exact same chants. They just try to personalize that chant for whichever group that they're cheering for. Like it's the exact same chant we saw at a different contest they just try to make it their own. Yeah, these beings are really, really weird. Huh, that is weird. Uh, well, go ahead and pick a few of them up and just, you know, run the standard anal probe and let's move on to another planet. But that is kind of a weird situation they have there on Earth in the USA. I think it would go something like that, wouldn't it? It's a little bit of an odd thing that we do with cheerleading. And we do it at all levels. It really is weird. Hey, moving over to college football. Where do we currently stand on this whole Urban Meyer, Ohio State situation. Sounds like they're doing some investigations. I don't know what's going on. The latest report is that Ohio State has never contacted Courtney Smith to discuss those domestic assault allegations that she made against her ex-husband, former Buckeyes assistant, Coach Zach Smith. Now, that is according to Courtney Smith's attorney. The attorney also said that Smith is getting no compensation for giving interviews and that she told college football reporter Brett McMurphy last week 
that Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer did know about the domestic abuse incident involving Smith and her ex-husband back in 2015, and that Urban Meyer didn't do anything. Of course, Ohio State is investigating how Meyer handled the complaint. They say that they plan to have the investigation finished and completed in less than two weeks. But doesn't it feel like the longer this all goes, the more likely it is Ohio State is keeping Urban Meyer? I mean, if you were going to fire him, would you really be digging more? Or would you just be saying, okay, look, we already have the evidence. Just fire him. Let's get this done and let's start moving on. No, I'm doubting that a lot. They already know the answers. And I can tell you what I fully expect Ohio State to say. They are just going to say, hey, he didn't give the full story to the media. That's the end. But we have been aware of what was going on. He did all of his due diligence with the university side of it. But the fact that he didn't give you the complete truth, we don't really care about that. He did what's right here. You know what? We'll go ahead and suspend him for the Rutgers game on September 8th. How does that sound? I think that's what we're going to go with. I just think that's where this is all going. Dude just makes way too much money for that university for them to say, hey, you know what, Urban, we know this is kind of a sketchy situation. We feel like it'd probably be best if you just leave. There is no way they're going to do that if they don't have to. And I think they found they're out. They're just going to say, hey, he didn't give the full story to the media, but he was telling us everything. We were just kind of putting all the pieces together, making sure we had those T's crossed, those I's dotted, and then we were going to act. But everything's fine with Urban. Don't worry about Urban. I think that's where that's all going. Hey, coming back, you know, yesterday we did take a look at a few players that could surprise us this year in the world of football, both in college football and in the NFL. Today, we're going to be taking a look at a few teams that could surprise us too. So yesterday, we did look at a few players that could surprise us this season with what we think could be some breakout performances. You know, we talked about some players, maybe they missed some playing time due to injuries. Maybe they were out because of a discipline situation. Maybe they just didn't have much help around them. But last year they struggled. And this year we expect them to bounce back and have strong seasons. We looked in the world of college football and looked at a few players that we feel like they just might be ready for a breakout season. Well, today we are going to be taking a look at a few teams that you might not be expecting big things from unless, you know, you're like a fan of that particular team. And then, of course, you have those Homer glasses on. But these are just a few teams that might have a little bit more this season than what you would expect. They could actually surprise some people. Now, they might not surprise you because you listen to the Daily Dose. So you might not be all that surprised by them once you hear about them today. Let's take a look at a few teams that might be a little bit better than expected. And I'm going to start off in college football. And I'm going to start off in the ACC. No, I'm not talking about Clemson or Florida State, or Miami, you would expect those teams to be very, very good like they are most years. But we're actually going to go somewhere else. And no, we're also not going to be going with North Carolina because it looks like they're too busy selling their shoes to focus on their playbook. You know, we mentioned North Carolina head coach Larry Fedora like last week that he could be on a hot seat. Yeah, that seat is scalding hot right now. North Carolina is in huge trouble. But I am going to stay in the state of North Carolina, and I'm going to head just up the road from Chapel Hill, and instead I'm going to go to Durham, because I think the Duke Blue Devils this year could be better than expected. What? Are you surprised at all? Well, the Blue Devils went 7-6 and six last year, 
And head coach David Cutcliffe returns 15 starters this year. You know, he has most of his skill position players back. He has most of his defense back. Can you believe, and this sounds crazy to say it, Duke could play in their sixth bowl game in seven seasons if they like do whatever they have to do this year. What, finish above 500 or win three games or whatever it is, whatever that stupid qualifier is to make a bowl game, Duke could be playing in their sixth bowl game in seven years. Not sure we ever expected that. But I actually think Duke can be better than just making a bowl game. You know, their defense was ranked 21st in the country last year, and they might be even better this year. Don't be surprised to see Duke actually make it to a decent bowl game. They do have three nasty road games. They've got to go to Georgia Tech, they have to go to Miami, and they have to go to Clemson. But that non-conference schedule is manageable. Could they somehow shock a Georgia Tech, a Miami, or a Clemson? I don't know about Miami or Clemson, but maybe they could get a Georgia Tech. The Duke Blue Devils might be a little bit better than people would think. Moving on to our next team, you know, if I bring up the Big Ten right now, what do you think of? Well, obviously right now you think of Ohio State and Urban Meyer and coaches that beat their pregnant wives, but beyond that, I'm not talking about that. Maybe you think about Michigan and can Jim Harbaugh finally win at least one big game while he's up there? Maybe you think about Wisconsin and their running game and running back Jonathan Taylor. And you know, it's probably going to be interesting to see how Penn State and quarterback Trace McSorley do this year. That's probably about it. But one team that could surprise everyone, maybe even have an outside chance of winning the Big Ten, it might be Michigan State. You know, last season, Mark D'Antonio somewhat quietly took the Spartans to a 10-3 and record. They actually beat Washington State in the Holiday Bowl. And he brings almost everyone back this year. Michigan State will have 18 starters back, including junior quarterback Brian Lewerke, who can beat you with either his arm or his legs. Do you realize last year, Lewerke ran for almost 600 yards? You know, the offensive line should be better this year. And look out if they are, because running back LJ Scott, I think that kid can play on Sundays. He's going to be pretty good. They're not getting a whole lot of attention. But Michigan State is going to be a team to watch this year. Next team up, and I'm a little bit hesitant to pick this team as a surprise because I struggle with so many aspects of their individual parts. But make no mistake, in the Pac-12 this year, you had better not sleep on the Arizona Wildcats. After Rich Rodriguez was fired last year for a number of transgressions, including having his side piece on the same sideline as his wife for big games, but mostly just, you know, for losing a lot. The Wildcats went out and they hired former Texas A&M head coach Kevin Sumlin to get things turned around in the desert. Now, Kevin Sumlin always seems to recruit tons of talent. And then it kind of seems like he doesn't always do that much with it. So I kind of struggle with that. But we have to keep an eye on Arizona this year, mostly because of their do-everything quarterback, Junior Khalil Tate. Last season, Tate threw for 1,600 yards and 14 touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, he also ran for 1,400 yards and another 12 touchdowns. Also, he apparently told the university who they should hire at head coach. I'm not even joking about that. They say he actually went to the university president and said, here's who you should hire. And I don't know, I guess they did it. In addition, though, to Khalil Tate, the Wildcats do return nine starters on defense, and the schedule 
actually shapes up really nice for them. They don't have to play either Stanford or Washington this season. They get Southern Cal in Tucson. Could the Arizona Wildcats steal some wins and actually contend for the Pac-12? I don't know, but it's possible. Keep an eye on Arizona this year. Now, this next team, I struggle putting them on our list, but I sort of have to. Yes, they're in a smaller conference, one that is outside of the big five. But if things break right, the Boise State Broncos, they have an outside chance to actually play for a national championship. Okay! I know, I shouldn't even say that. But you know, the preseason coaches poll has Boise State at number 22. I actually think the AP poll will have them a little bit higher. The Broncos returned 16 starters from a team that went 11-3 and last year, and they're out of conference schedule. It's manageable without being horribly cupcakey. They go to Troy State, who can be challenging. They have Connecticut at home. Okay, that's kind of bad. But then they go to Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State will look better on the resume than it actually is because I don't know if I expect that much from them this year. Boise State should be able to handle them. And then it doesn't look like such a bad out-of-conference schedule. If Boise State runs the table this year, and then let's say they beat, I don't know, a San Diego State or maybe a Fresno State in the Mountain West Championship game, they could find their way into playing in a much bigger bowl than what anyone would expect. You hear Boise State, what's the first thing you think of? Well, they're playing that silly Idaho Potato Bowl. Maybe not this year. Don't be surprised if you see them playing in a bigger bowl game this year. Of course, now that you listen to the Daily Dose, you'll expect it, you know, because you heard it here. So you won't be surprised. Oh, there's a big surprise. That's an incredible. I think I'm going to have a heart attack and die from that surprise. Shut that bird up. I don't want to hear him. Our final team that could surprise some people in college football this year, they're going to have a very, very tough road to do so. I admit that. For one... They play in what is arguably the toughest conference every year in the SEC. So we know their schedule is not going to be easy. Second, they have a quarterback on their roster who has gotten some preseason All-American talk, which of course puts a big bullseye on him for the season. And you never know how guys are going to respond to that. Finally, you have the fact that it seems like the Missouri Tigers always seem to come up short in the big game. So we've got that big three-headed monster that is going to be very, very tough to overcome. But I still like this Missouri team to maybe surprise some people. You know, they return nine starters on offense, including that All-American hopeful quarterback, Drew Locke. And that offense last year averaged 38 points a game. Meanwhile, on the other side, defensive tackle Terry Beckner, he is an NFL caliber player. I expect him to be drafted probably in the top two rounds next year. And you know, the Tigers do get to play SEC East favorite Georgia at home, and they get them pretty early in the season. If somehow Missouri could pull that upset against Georgia at home, yeah, that would surprise most of the country. Missouri would be the team in the driver's seat in the SEC East, not Georgia. That would be pretty surprising, again, to most everyone except for, you know, you. Hey, coming back, we will continue to take a look at a few teams that could surprise us this football season, but we will be changing our attention to the NFL. Which teams could be better than expected in the NFL? We have some Las Vegas odds to tell us which direction that we're going to go on that. 
Just a quick reminder, if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. August Loot Crate theme is out. It is called Mayhem, and it features items from Rick and Morty, Office Space, Harley Quinn, and DC Comics. But the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just make sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order. Just as a little thank you for listening to the show, it's always good to save some money when you get the chance. Okay, so let's switch over to the NFL, and let's discuss a few teams that could win more games than maybe what is being expected from them. So, of course, Las Vegas releases their over-under odds for the number of wins by every single team in the league. Now, I took a look at Odd Shark, and I picked a few teams that I think can finish better than the current odds they are getting in Vegas. Am I saying they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, I'm not. I'm just saying I think they can be better than their expectations. Let's start off in the NFC North where the Chicago Bears are being listed with an over-under number right now of 6, maybe 6.5. Now, I like what the Bears did in the offseason. First off, they dumped head coach John Fox. They hired Matt Nagy, who does bring some energy to that team, and they need it. Then they went out to find second-year quarterback Mitch Trubisky some, you know, actual weapons that he can use. They signed wide receivers Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel, and they went and got tight end Trey Burton to go with Trubisky and running back Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is a load. Now they have some people outside too. That may free him up a little bit. Now the Bears defense is solid. It should be able to keep the Bears in games until Trubisky can figure out exactly what he's doing with all these new weapons. And you know, Nagy might actually take the wraps off Trubisky and let him play. We saw last year, John Fox wouldn't let him play. He would just hold him down the entire game. Hey, just don't make a mistake. Just don't make a mistake. And I understand it. I understand being conservative with that young quarterback. This year, we're probably going to see Mitch Trubisky make some huge mistakes if Nagy takes the wraps off of him. But you know what? We're probably going to see him make some big plays too. Might be well worth it for him to do that. My problem with Chicago and the one catch that they could have, the schedule is not that forgiving. They're going to have to find a way to steal a game here or there. But if Trubisky can grow up a little, and also maybe if they could get holdout rookie linebacker Roquan Smith into camp, yeah, I think the Bears have a chance to at least win seven games, don't they? I think Chicago could surprise a few people this year. Next team up, and this one's going to be very, very close because, you know, I don't like the way the Cincinnati Bengals are built. They have a ton of people at the skill positions. They've got Andy Dalton. Okay, well, maybe not so much him, but they've got Giovanni Bernard. They've got Joe Mixon. They've got A.J. Green. They've got Brandon LaFell. They've got Tyler Eifert. That is some serious talent. The problem with the Bengals, like I said, is the way they're built. They're built from the outside. The closer to the football they get, the worse they get. The Cincinnati Bengals offensive line allowed Andy Dalton to be sacked 39 times last year. Now, they did draft Ohio State center Billy Price, which should help them, but I don't know if it's going to help them this year. Eventually it might, but probably not this year. But the reason I think the Bengals could be better than expectations is because their over-under is 6.5. Keep in mind, Cincinnati gets to play Cleveland and Baltimore twice each. They also get the Colts, the Buccaneers, and the Broncos. 
Yeah, they've got a shot just right there, let alone if they steal another win somewhere else down the line. This team has way too much talent to keep being so bad. Just finish 7-9 and nine like you do most every year, and the Bengals are in the money. I think they're capable of doing that. Next team up, and this could be a big jump for them. They went 3-13 and 13 last year, and they had the second overall pick in the NFL draft. So why in the world would I think that the New York Giants can cover the line of seven wins this year? Mostly because they went out and tried to fix some of the flaws that they had. Their running game was awful. So the New York Giants drafted Penn State running back Saquon Barkley. They even picked up running back Jonathan Stewart just as kind of some insurance there. The offensive line was awful. So they signed veteran offensive tackle Nate Solder. And they had a number of injuries last year. But this year, Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard should be good to go. The key for the Giants is going to be that defense. It has to be better. Last year, the Giants defense was completely dysfunctional. It has to improve. But maybe the biggest change for the New York Giants, we talked about a little bit yesterday, it's got to be quarterback Eli Manning. Now, he wasn't as bad as everyone acts like he was, but he has to be significantly better. If he is, just keep in mind, I don't know if the NFC East is that nasty, aside from the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cowboys are gettable. Washington is gettable. Eli Manning is going to have some weapons now. If he isn't better this year, well, then yeah, maybe it is time to move on past Eli. But if he comes out and he does anything, I think the Giants can win seven, eight, maybe even nine games this year. And if they do that, then we're in the money again. My next team up that I think can surprise some people, and I'm probably giving way too much credit to new head coach Matt Patricia here, but he is a Bill Belichick assistant that I think could actually be pretty good at the head coaching level. We'll see how that turns out. But the Detroit Lions went 9-7 and seven last year, and they did it with a really, really bad defense. Do you realize the Lions allowed nearly 360 yards a game in 2017? Yeah, Matt Patricia should shore that up just a little. Now, the Lions did go get some free agent help on the defensive side of the ball. They signed linebackers Jonathan Freeney, Christian Jones, and Devon Kennard. And they signed defensive lineman Sylvester Williams. Now, admittedly, those aren't great pieces. I understand that. But remember, Matt Patricia is used to having less than great pieces in New England. I mean, Malcolm Butler and, I don't know, Devin McCourty, they weren't exactly household names when he got them either. On the offensive side, Matt Patricia made a very, very smart move. Instead of just firing the entire staff and bringing in, you know, all of his buddies, he actually kept offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter, who aside from having the greatest surname in, I don't know, the history of time, he has also turned Matt Stafford into a pretty good quarterback over the last few years. You know, Matt Stafford threw for about 270 yards per game last year. Now the Lions need to develop a running game and they did go out and draft Auburn running back carry on Johnson. That should help a lot. The over under for the Detroit Lions is 7.5. They finish like eight and eight, nine and seven every single year. Hey, this looks like it could be money, people. Again, some people might be surprised by this. Are you going to be surprised by this? No, because you listen to the Daily Dose. Oh, there's a big surprise. That's an incredible. I think I'm going to have a heart attack and die from that surprise. 
Our final team that I think could surprise us this year is a team that I will admit I thought they would collapse last year. When you lose a Super Bowl, there is hangover. The next season, you go like 6-10, and 10, maybe 7-9, and nine, maybe even 8-8. Eight and eight. But the Atlanta Falcons didn't just lose Super Bowl 51. They were up 28-3. to three. They had the New England Patriots on the ropes, in trouble, and then somehow they let them get out of that, land a few haymakers, and got themselves knocked out. Now, coming back last year, Honestly, I expected after that, I expected the Falcons to go like 4-12, and maybe 5-11, and just completely collapse. That's not what happened. The Atlanta Falcons went 10-6 and last year. They beat the Los Angeles Rams in the wildcard game. And then think back in the divisional playoff game. The Atlanta Falcons actually played the eventual champion Philadelphia Eagles closer than anyone else did. That game came down to a final play. The Falcons could have beat them on that final play. Now, the over-under for the Falcons is sitting at nine wins. They have a couple of things that they're going to have to address. They did lose Don Terry Poe and Adrian Claiborne on the defensive line. They're going to have to fill those spots. Like I said earlier, wide receiver Taylor Gabriel is gone. But I mean, I'm not worried about that. The Falcons have a bunch of weapons offensively. Could Matt Ryan return to being Matty Ice this year and we could take off that Matty Zima label from him? I can't believe I'm saying that. I think he might. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but if the Atlanta Falcons can figure out that defensive line, I think the Falcons might be a Super Bowl contender. I know, I know, I can't believe I'm saying it either, but I think the Atlanta Falcons could surprise some people. They are going to be a team that is definitely worth watching. Hey, tomorrow on The Dose, we will of course be looking at the latest and greatest in the world of sports news, and we're going to have a few more surprises for you tomorrow on the show might not be quite as good as the ones today though got to make sure that you tune in to the daily dose tomorrow hey i have to say thank you all so much for listening to and for sharing the show thank you for the emails the texts and the tweets if you would like to contact us hit us up on email dailydosesports at gmail.com or go find us over on facebook or twitter we would love to hear from you have to say thank you to jsp could not do any of this without you i will see you all tomorrow have a wonderful wednesday